Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Montana State gets a road win. The Montana Grizzlies take a road L. And we move on to the last week of the non-conference schedule. It is to tell Nuanas on 102.9 ESPN Radio and across the state on SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you on a Monday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find us on the World Wide Web as well. 1029ESPN.com. There you can listen live on the Listen Live tab. You click the tab, you click the deal, you listen. It's called a stream, and it is there all the time. It's brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you would like to pick up your phone and give us a call, we would welcome that as well. 329-1899, 329-1899, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. It is time. For our show Outlook, the Outlook brought to us by MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Safest, fastest, most fun, and most insured company. Visit MissoulaGutterCleaning.com for an estimate today. Uh, Today, we start as we do every Monday of every week. Uh, first hour, the Montana Football Hour, presented by Lithia Ford. We're going to talk about the Grizzlies' 35-3 loss at the University of Oregon, and we will talk about the Montana State 23-14 victory 
at Western Illinois in Macomb. Go through both of those. We have sound from the post game from both head coaches, and uh, we will talk about these games extensively, both in general off the top and then more specifically as we roll through here. Obviously, Jerry Louis McGee also uh, notably becoming the all-time leader in receptions in University of Montana history, passing Raul Pacheco. He is now JLM at 196. Raul Pacheco at 192, and there is a whole lot of football left to be played in this season. Uh, and so, uh, by the way, Jerry Lou McGee was at today's press conference, so we will bring you sound from that uh, later on in the week as well uh, from him, certainly, as he was asked about it. We will, at the uh, top of the hour, cover a game in the NFL that was heard right here on ESPN Radio Sunday, that being the Seahawks game over the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, 28-26, the final of that one. Uh, we will go through that in depth. The Seahawks 2-0 and for the first time since 2013, notably the season in which they won the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that's exactly the harbinger, but it is a good start. And uh, the terrible news for Pittsburgh today, Ben Roethlisberger out for the year uh, with his elbow injury that he suffered in that game. Looked really uh, obviously uncomfortable throwing the football after that happened, had to be taken out. Uh, the good news is Kyle Rudolph came in. He played nice. I, and we'll talk about him uh, uh, more as well because I thought he had a very nice day, actually, all things considered, when he came in. Mason Rudolph. That's what I said. And we will also get into uh, the uh, football happenings around the state at the prep level uh, today uh, in the second hour as well. A bunch of big games around the state, including how about Hellgate being 2-0? On the season, the Hellgate Knights, outstanding uh, for them and uh, and their head coach Mick Moore. So we'll get to all of it. But Coulter, we start today as we do the first show of the week, the first hour of that show. It's the Montana Football Hour. It's brought to us by Lithia Ford of Missoula, and we got a bunch of sound to get to. But quickly, you were there in Eugene at Autzen Stadium. Your just impression of the experience of going, you know to the game, being in a Pac-12 environment, and specifically Oregon, uh, about 50,000 fans. And it's not a huge stadium, so it was not at capacity, but it was close to capacity. And uh, what you saw on the field and the game in general and, and just the experience at large of having actually been there, taking it in, eating the food, talked to the people, what, what was that like? Well, it was an interesting analysis because I have been to a dozens of stadiums in my career, most of which are laughable compared to the stadiums that we get to go to every Saturday when we remain in Montana. Right. I've covered nothing but the FCS and Division Two during my sports writing career, so I have not dabbled in the Power Five or anything like that. That said, I had been to five Pac-12 stadiums previous to this trip. I've never been to a Power Five stadium at any other league besides the Pac-12. I previously had been to Oregon State, Colorado, before they were actually in the Pac-12 and they were still in the Big 12, mm-hmm. Utah, when they had just joined the Pac-12, um, Washington, Washington State. Uh, so I've never been to UCLA or USC, Stanford, Cal. None of, but I've been to Cal Stadium. I, I, I've, I've walked around in there. I've just never been to a game there. Well, you could have gone to UCLA this weekend, as they call it, Oklahoma West this weekend. They gave away – They UCLA is struggling so badly. Free tickets. That they gave every season ticket holder four extra free tickets. The previous week before the Oklahoma game, there was 28,000 people in the Rose Bowl. It holds 100,000. That would be like if 4,000 people showed up to a Grizz game. Yeah. That's crazy. It's not good. It's not good. Chip Kelly, seat is on fire. Regardless. Uh, and all those venues I named were, were good. Uh, and Martin Stadium, when they play the right people at Wazoo, 
is borderline great. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Uh, I thought that the, the way I would characterize Oregon's uh, fans and tailgate experience, very friendly, welcoming. I was, uh, of course, dressed, you know, button-down shirt and everything, but my I was walking around with a couple of my buddies who live out in Portland, University of Montana alums. They're wearing Grizz gear, and there was no, hey, screw you, you know, none of that stuff. It was, hey, welcome to, welcome to mm-hmm. Eugene. Enjoy mm-hmm. the game. Everybody's friendly. Is it perhaps on account of the lack of a threat that they felt like? Yeah, I mean, like I told Coach Houck like that. If it, was, or if it was Oregon State, not, I mean, Oregon State's not much of a threat either, but if it was, you know, the in-state rivalry or the University of Washington. Right, totally. I mean, I told Coach Houck that story. He said, yeah, wear a purple shirt over there and then tell mm-hmm. me how friendly they mm-hmm. are. And that's exactly <laughs> probably how it is. But all that said, right. uh, I thought that the environment was by and large friendly and disinterested. And I thought that the game was by and large disinterested by the home team. And the fans were good, but I didn't think that they. I could tell that if it was a rivalry game or a conference game, that 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 was going to be the first stadium that I had been to that truly exceeded Washington Grizz. But that said, it did not. It, it did not exceed Washington Grizzly Stadium in terms of of volume. Speaking with Jerry Lou McGee after after the fact, uh, he said that exactly to me. He's like, "Hey, man, it was fun to play there, but not louder than Washington Grizzly Stadium." And on Saturday, it certainly was not. Nonetheless, fun environment and fun to watch. You know, checked out the game on the uh, Pac-12 network and, and uh, you know, through the evening. And a, you know, a hard-fought game. You used the word disinterested on the part of Oregon. It, yeah, I think uh, I understand what you're saying. It's very sort of methodical on their part. I thought Montana had a couple of opportunities, particularly if, if, if the Grizz could have found a way to keep Oregon out of the end zone with about 10 seconds left in the half, and it's a two-score game You know, at halftime. I think that could uh, start to make things a little bit more interesting. But when you get that go-ahead score, 21 nothing, and it was clear that Montana, they, they were able to pick up yards on defense, but when, when push came to shove, especially in the red zone, it wasn't there. Let's hear from uh, Bobby Houck. This is after the game. Just his general thoughts on the football game. You know, disappointed. We we didn't come in here and get the win. They have a they have a really uh, really good football team. Um, they were they were better on defense than I thought they were going to be. And you know, they, they have a really nice team. And quarterbacks just terrific. And you know, we just we just didn't have enough for them tonight. So there you go. Just sort of an initial gloss on it is a, a shout out to Justin Herbert there who, you know, if you hadn't watched Justin Herbert play, there's, you know, there's some things about some stuff when it comes to technique and all that kind of stuff uh, that you go, okay, well, you know, where is he at from an NFL standpoint? But if you're talking about just a dude sitting back there being giant and strong and slinging the football, uh, it's pretty good he was impressive to watch no doubt about it and standing behind uh that offensive line uh makes makes you look that much better too yeah we'll get into justin herbert a little bit more in the second segment but my overall impressions of just the battle of the game i thought that it honestly it went the exact opposite of how i thought it would go in terms of individual matchups i thought montana would be able to win more on the outside with its wide receivers than it did sammy kim had six catches for 85 yards but he was by and large frustrated from the harassment he was getting. I thought there was three different missed personal foul, or not personal foul, pass interference penalties on Oregon. Mm-hmm. But I also thought that then that got in Sammy Kemp's head, and then there was two other times where he fell down on his own, and I initially thought, oh, it must be P.I. again, but then you look at the replay, and he was just trying to hedge his bet. Like He thought he was going to get jammed so hard that he tried to turn too quick on the hitch and fell down as well. 
good numbers for him. He moved the chains more than anybody on Montana's offense. But I think that the aggressiveness of Oregon's corners was surprising to Montana. Samari Torre had almost no room uh, to operate whatsoever. Gabe Solcer was not involved in the game plan whatsoever. He did not get a touch until late in the fourth quarter. And they didn't get Jerry Louie McGee going until their one scoring drive. They threw the ball to him four times. That, that constituted four of his six receptions on the late 11-play drive in the third quarter that resulted in a field goal. So I thought Montana was going to be able to win a little bit more offensively, and they didn't. I thought the Grizz would be able to score somewhere between 10 and 17 points in this game. That said, you know, Bobby Houck said to himself, and we'll get into this in the next segment too, we should have taken the field goal, or we shouldn't have kicked that field goal before halftime. We should have gone for it. Maybe that results in points. Instead, they missed the field goal. Oregon gets the ball back. 52-second drive is 21-0 instead of 14-0. That was a place where Oregon really yeah. separated the gap. On the other side, I thought the Grizz' young defensive line was going to get dominated. They didn't. At all. Mm-hmm. I thought Oregon's offensive line looked solid, but they did not look like the four to five NFL players that I was expecting. I thought Alex Gubner, by the way, apologies to him. I've been saying Gubner. I cleared it up with Riley Corker on Thursday night. I asked him, is it Gubner or Gubner? He said, definitively, it's Gubner. So Alex Gubner, number 99, redshirt freshman, defensive lineman. He's a stud, man. I've been talking about him for the last couple of weeks, but that kid can play, man. He plays really, 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 really hard, but he also has real deal size. He's 6'3, 290, so he can move. With real size, I thought he played well. I thought Eli Alford played well. I thought Jesse Sims played well. Um, And I thought Dante Olsen played lights out. I thought Dante Olsen was the best defensive player on the field most of the night, period. Oregon or Montana combined. He, it wasn't just as if he was the last line of defense cleaning guys up. He was making plays. He smoked Oregon running backs in the hole four different times. I mean, he decleated Travis Dye and he decleated the Varel kid. He was really, really impressive. Uh, I thought I thought uh, he played clearly his best game of the season. Uh, uh, did Dante Olson fourteen tackles in total for Olson? So there you go. Uh, Bobby Hout also had an opportunity to uh, to talk about. You got something you want to do here? Well, yeah, I just want to get Coach. I want to share Coach Houck's, uh comment just on the lines oh, yeah. because yep. I thought that that was a place where Montana that was the biggest mismatch in the game going in. But this is why games aren't played on paper. I thought the fact that Montana is going to play four out of the five main guys are going to play up front are going to be sophomores or freshmen, I thought that they were going to just get massacred by Oregon's offensive line, and they didn't. They played well. Bobby Houck on the offensive lines. Well, they're good. I mean, they, they're really good. I think all five of them potentially are NFL players. Um, several of them have high, uh, high draft choice grades already. I know that talking to the NFL guys. So, um, you know, they're, they're good. Um, I was uh, afraid they would knock us off the ball, and they did not do that. So that we probably made progress with all those young D linemen we played today. Made progress. That's a good thing. And he said, you know, I thought he said I thought they would knock us off the ball and they didn't. That's uh that's a that's as close to a compliment as you're gonna get coming out of a loss uh from Bobby Houck on something like that. So uh, impressive performance certainly on the defensive side. No doubt. Let's hear from Dante Olson just about uh, the experience overall. He's from Medford, Oregon, which is about yep. two hours from Eugene. I know that Oregon is definitely a place that he probably at least thought of playing at growing up. His dad was the head coach of Southern Oregon for a long time. They're in Medford. He's now the high school coach at Medford High School. Uh, but he, you know, he had a big cohort of players, or excuse me, a family, uh, greeting him after the game. So uh, I know it was a special opportunity for him. 
It was a fun, fun atmosphere, fun place to play in. We uh, didn't get it done. Uh, you know, we played well sometimes, and we we didn't get done what we needed to get done. Obviously, it shows up on the scoreboard. Disappointed about that, but um, it, it was it's a fun atmosphere. It's awesome. Play. I know you obviously want to win, but you know, given the everything about this team, I mean, they scored 77 last week. Very explosive offense. Are you, are you still pretty happy with? the way you guys perform defensively? You know, they're a good team. They're explosive offense, good defense. Um, but, you know, you can't be happy with the loss. So, obviously, not not happy about that. Happy about some things, but we're going to go learn from Fair tomorrow and uh, get back after this next week. Probably the best offensive line in the country. What did you think of the way the front four performed for you guys, your D-line? I thought we did good. Um, you know, you're going to watch a film tomorrow and, and learn from it. So, obviously... But, I mean, I thought at points we handled ourselves well, but at the end of the day, we didn't didn't get it done. How tough was that QB to bring down? Because there were multiple times a few of you guys had some pressure right there, and he could just kind of elude it, and then, like, the touchdown at the end of the first half, for example. Uh, you know, he's a he's a good player. Um, he, uh, he's, he's obviously one of the best players in the country for a reason. Um, and he, he, uh, he played well tonight, and we, we didn't get him down when we needed to. So, what was the experience like for you playing close to home? It's cool. It's a uh, it's a good experience. Um, it's awesome to, to be able to play here and from family and friends. But just a little disappointed with the loss. So there you go, Dante Olson talking about playing back close to home. And uh, again, that was an unbelievable play. I know that Montana fans sitting there going, "Huge sack!" You know, stop him at the end of the half, and not no sooner than that than. Governor just gets shook right off of right off the back. And look, a lot of it certainly uh Justin Herbert's, you know, as big and strong as they come, you gotta be to be able to do what he did, but also some of it's just physics. I mean, he was just kinda able to slide enough and it was really Governor's momentum that that kind of took him off of of Herbert's back. But then to be able to just then roll out and sling it for a touchdown on that very play, uh impressive and a a you know, a significant play, obviously, when you consider the swing that might have been. Uh, at that particular moment. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to, and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Colter, let's hear a little bit uh, from uh, uh, Hauk on the Oregon defense, how well they played. They held, again, Montana to three points ultimately, and and uh, it there was some – they were able to move the ball. Montana was a little bit through the air, but primarily were shut down. They covered us, and they played the run game really well. You know, we knew the nose was good. I thought their other defensive linemen played the run a little better than I thought they would. Um, they've got good players. 30 
yards on the ground total for the University of Montana. 21 of those from Marcus Knight. And JLM had a run for three yards. Nick Osmo, uh, one, uh, two runs for two yards. And, and, and that's it. I mean, Dalton Sneed had a couple of scrambles in there. But essentially shut down uh, on the ground completely. And they really didn't even try it, uh, frankly, after that. I mean, only really uh, 13 uh, actual run plays for the University of Montana in this one. I thought Dalton Sneed was pretty good, all things considered. 20 of 30. It's a very, I mean, 66%. You're going to take that all day long. Threw for 184 yards. That's fine. So some underneath stuff, some good tackling by uh, Oregon. But again, did not get it in the end zone. Did throw one interception. Sammy Akem, we mentioned this before. Sammy Akem and Jerry Lou McGee, both with six receptions. Uh, Sammy uh, Kem going for 85 yards, JLM for 66. Those are good days. But at the end of the day, I mean, moving the ball between the 20s is one thing. Moving the ball into the red zone and trying to get in the end zone uh, is is where you make your hay. And uh, Montana was simply unable to do that on Saturday. Thought maybe they'd get one in there at some point, maybe even two. And uh, it just never really came to it for the University of Montana. It's the first college football game I can remember watching in quite some time where there was no big plays. There was one busted play at the very end where uh, Shane Dollars, who is the true freshman running back for Oregon, it was when all the backups were in for both teams, which, by the way, I thought it was hilarious that Bobby Houck put his backups in and and Mario Cristobal rolls out his starters again and then throws two passes in three plays with Justin Herbert, and they're both incomplete, and, and... it was Oregon's only their second three and out of the whole game. Right. Uh, but I don't know if Cristobal didn't see it. Cristobal didn't see it. Or 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 if he just wanted Justin Herbert to pad his stats a little bit. It seemed like Coach Houck was waving the white flag saying, okay, you know, 35-3, four minutes left. Get some other guys in there. And Oregon rolls out with their Heisman Trophy candidate in their first string offensive line. Stop him, I guess. But uh, regardless, there was a busted play. There was a 63-yard gain. Other than that, yes, Oregon only had Sean Dollars. Oregon had a 21-yard pass reception. That was a screen play, and uh, they also had a 23-yard run. Those are the only two plays of over even 15 yards. On the other side, Montana had a 26-yard gain on Sammy Kim's first reception, which was a, a kind of a busted coverage because Dalton Seed stepped up found Kim in the middle of a zone. He was under huge pressure. Mm-hmm. But other than that, no big place for Montana either. It's a rare thing this day and age of college football when you play two teams that have up-tempo, quick-hitting offenses like this, regardless of the disparity in their talent, where you see no no big plays, yeah. hardly at all. That was strange. Well, you would say that Montana probably, if, you want, if you're looking for a bright spot, it was the defense. Here's what Bobby Houck had to say about that, Chris D. We played hard. You know, we gave up too much. You know, we gave up the 60-yard run there at the end because our freshman can't do their assignments right but for the most part when our uh, non-freshmen were in um, we were pretty assignment conscious and we were real good in the run game I thought we covered them fairly well um, they had some guys made some plays they uh, they got the one we were out in the red zone where we busted coverage that was too bad they got assisted by a couple of uh, key uh, a key late hit was close, which I don't have any problem with either side of it, the call or the, or the hit, and uh, the pass interference call was you know, give and take there on the first drive, we kind of had them stop, so um, I don't know, we played okay. So there you go. Um, yeah, I think you're never going to get you know, 
we're we're really happy with how things went, all things considered. You know, like, as we said, as Bobby Hawk said last week, what's the litmus test for this game? Winning. That's it. Didn't happen, and the the players echoed it as well. So the Grizzlies fall thirty five three. They are two and one on the season. They return to Missoula on uh, Saturday to take on. Monmouth. Quickly, let's shift over culture and talk about Montana State. We're going to get into more of both these games again throughout the rest uh, of this Montana football hour, but uh, the Bobcats win 23-14, a road victory, uh, a very tough and ugly first half, and uh, ugly just from a uh, a football sense, not ugly necessarily one team to the other. I know that uh, Jeff Choate would have liked his game to go differently than it did, at least in terms of of the first half, especially 7-7 at the end of the first half. Not that anybody knew, because it wasn't available on ESPN3 or plus or whatever. I was losing my mind, screaming at the You gotta know how to audible, man. Come on. You get the MSU Bobcats schedule up, you click watch. If it doesn't work, you click listen. I've been through this plenty of times. You gotta have the audible to be able to just listen to I'm, it on the I'm radio. happy to listen. I want to watch it. Okay. Well, so does everybody else, but yeah. there's no okay. point in sitting okay. there crying about no, it. No, no, there, there's, there's a lot of points in there crying about it. Multi-billion dollar company, and they're working. It has nothing to do with no, the no, no, no. It does, because they have the contract with the student-run whatever it is in Macomb that can't figure it out. You know what? It's a slippery slope, because then, then it comes back to our conversation all about relevancy, and when you actually think about it, maybe the co- level of football we cover is uh, irrelevant. Then, 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 then don't buy the rights. Then don't buy the rights. Any I, case, if you're going to have it, you got to have it. They didn't have it for a half. Say la vie. It was a half, probably as far as Jeff Choate's concerned, that was better left not seen. It was, it was not an attractive football game, and um, we had to overcome a lot. And you think, you know, when you've got those, those momentum-creating plays like a kickoff return for a touchdown or an interception return for a touchdown, it, it has a really kind of deflating effect on your team when you go, oh, here we go again, and you see that flag on the ground. And, um, and we, we penalized ourselves, I think, three or four different times on special teams today. Um, very uncharacteristic. There was a lot of holding calls that were, uh, you know, that we had to overcome and we put our defense in some bad situations. They, they rose to the challenge each and every time. And then, uh, obviously, I think Tristan was uh, was big for us today. You know, uh, stalled in the red zone a couple times, and he came through with those kicks. And, you know, when you have a two-score advantage at the end of the game, that puts a lot of pressure on the opposing team. They've got to make plays, and uh, we can we can just make them make plays. You know, we don't have to press. And so that was uh, that was good to see. Uh, as I told the guys, you know, we've got a lot of things we've got to clean up. But uh, I knew this. I mean, I had this thing circled as a trap game from, from day one. I knew it was going to be a tough trip. Travel wasn't going to be easy. Environment was going to be tough. Um, coming off an emotional win in Gold Rush. And so I'm very pleased to walk out of here with a W. He did have it circled. He said as much multiple times. Uh, said this time that he felt like maybe it was a trap game or that he thought it could be a trap game. And at least in the first half, it looked like, you know, maybe it was uh, a, a bit of a trap game. It's hard to be a trap when you know the trap is there. Uh, but nonetheless, like he said, it's a tough place to play. Montana lost at Western Illinois last year. Uh, and so just the travel of getting there, you got to go through three states even after you landed the plane just to get to Macomb, Illinois. Uh, so it's, it's, it's certainly... A difficult one and a good team like Western Illinois, uh, maybe not as good as a year ago from a talent standpoint, but certainly a strong football tradition and uh, a very good conference and and, uh, you know, an opportunity. But nonetheless, Montana State probably did not play up to standard, especially in the first half of what they expect to do. The end of the day. 
just win, baby. Right? Just win. And they did that 23-14. Montana State up to eight in the Stats FCS poll nationally. Uh, as high a ranking as they've been in, in a long time, Coulter. I mean, I don't know. 2015. Is that about right? Okay, mm-hmm. so four years. And, uh, and, and they got it done. Uh, Tristan Bailey had a huge game. Uh, for Montana State and is really in a lot of ways the player of the game uh, and Logan Jones a couple of really big plays uh, to kind of break the thing open for Montana State as well in lieu of Isaiah Afonso's uh, absence so we will get into more of this football game we're going to keep talking about the Montana State Western Illinois uh, game what it means for the Bobcats to have won it and to be coming back for their final uh, home game of the non-conference schedule so we'll get to all of it right after this hey at the Silver Slipper it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urges, their urge to have a good time. Whether you're looking for an affordable family meal or a late night game of poker, the Silver Slipper has what you're looking for. Right now, Silver Slipper is your football headquarters. Watch with a free shuttle to every home Grizz football game. And are you ready? 56 televisions to watch sports on when you're there. Drink specials every day at Ford Liquor Store and Tarantino's Pizzeria. Great pizza down there at the Silver Slipper. They also have the friendliest staff in town, too. Silver Slipper has all you need to watch your favorite games. The Silver Slipper Shuttle will also get you home safely for free. So hang out, watch some football, and take the shuttle home. You don't have to worry about anything. Be safe for yourself, for others. The shuttle runs till 2 a.m. That's pretty good. Every single day. Visit thesilverslipperlounge.com for more info. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon. Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Sports Center. The Bobcats won a hard fought victory. The Grizzlies lost in the same fashion, and JLM is now atop the Montana record books. Montana State needed a career day by senior running back Logan Jones and another stellar performance from senior kicker Tristan Bailey as the Bobcats had to endure a mess of a game in which they committed 12 penalties to emerge with a 23-14 win at Western Illinois. Jones scored on a 14-yard run in the first quarter and an 87-yard touchdown in the third quarter to finish with a career-high 167 yards in his first start of the season in place of injured sophomore Isaiah Ifonsite. Bailey, who nailed four field goals in last year's win uh, over Western Illinois, moved to 7 of 7 in his career against the Leathernecks after drilling three field goals Saturday. Montana State is now 2-1. and one. Bailey, the Big Sky Cowards Special Teams Player of the Week. Montana forced three punts and came up with three more fourth down stops on the way to holding an Oregon team that scored 77 last week to just 35 in a 35-3 loss at Odson Stadium Saturday night. 
Aside from a 63-yard run late in the fourth quarter, Montana gave up only two plays of more than 20 yards, including a long run of just 23 yards. Montana senior Jerry Lou McGee, he caught six passes, including three catches on UM's lone scoring drive. He now has 196 for his career, the most in Grizz history. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Welcome back. It is the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford here on Tutel Nuwana. It's great to be with you on a Monday afternoon. Hope you're having a great day. First day back to work. But good news, the day is almost over. So Monday Night Football coming up. Browns Jets. Never in my life have I been excited for Browns Jets. I'm thrilled about Browns Jets tonight. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula Highway 83 and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. Coulter, we uh, spent a lot of time on Montana, a little bit of time on Montana State, but just wanted to quickly kind of tie the bow on the general, the sort of broad uh, perspective on the Bobcats win because at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter how it happened. It just matters that it happened on what was maybe one of the uh, tougher games that Montana State's going to have for a while, certainly in terms of the travel and uh, uh, the opponent, the conference they're in, and so forth and so on. Even though Western Illinois is zero and three, um, they 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 had to get that win. They had to figure it out, or find a way to do it. They did not play nearly as well as they played two weeks ago, but well enough to get the victory and move up to number eight in the polls. Western Illinois is basically set in the house every time Troy Anderson was in the game on offense. That mitigated him, and Montana State really didn't know where to turn. That combined with Isaiah Infante, sophomore starting running back, being on the bench. Uh, sounds like he'll be back sooner than later, but he was not available for this game. Travis Johnson's foot is not completely healed yet, so he's not 100%. Uh, you got Carl Tucker, who's also a senior running back. He was out. So basically it was all on Logan Jones to be able to carry the yep. run game because Troy Anderson was basically negated. He twisted his ankle in the first half too. So then they slow played him as well because they're really just trying not to wear him out. And I would say 21 for 167 pretty solid now granted 87 of those are on one carry in the third quarter but that was a uh, I, I thought logan jones was very good for montana state in the main along with the offensive line opening it up yeah him. he's excellent i mean that was the greatest game of his career and he's had a much maligned but also a great story for a kid who's a walk-on from kalispell glacier a lot of mitigating circumstances to that sort of thing uh, i think that he you know, I'll be excited to write my senior profile about Logan Jones when it comes around at SkylineSportsMT.com because Logan Jones went through some stuff early on in his high school career where uh, he was involved in a hazing incident at Glacier High School where he was one of the instigators, and he got completely and utterly blown out of proportion. It became a regional, and some might maybe would argue a national story. He got charged with a bunch of stuff, and it was, it was wild. And he was a kid. He was like 15 years old, and that really tarnished his reputation and then his mom passed away and he just had a terrible time dealing with that as anybody would when they're just a kid and I think it took him a long time to grow up and I think as Jeff Choate said took Logan Jones a long time to realize that he needs football maybe more than football needs him and for him to come all the way back from that and then tear his abductor muscle in his abdomen his senior year which was last year and then make the sacrifice to play four games even though he probably should have sat out the whole year but then to cut it off 
to maintain this fifth year and then to come back and then, you know, to fight it out, but you're buried behind in Fonse. Nobody knows that Troy Anderson's playing running back. And now you get your opportunity and to go have that performance on the road. Pretty good. And you mentioned Western Illinois. I mean, Western Illinois, you can talk about the quality of the teams and all that stuff. Western Illinois is 32-4 and four at home in the non-conference this decade. That's it. I mean, there's been plenty of teams that are not Missouri Valley teams that have gone to Macomb and lost. There's a whole bunch of different factors, but Jeff Choate talked about it. I mean, when Montana State wheels on the ground with the airplane, it took them five hours to get to Macomb. That's a hefty trip when you're when it's not just an exclusive bus trip. When it's yeah. a plane trip, then a bus trip. Can't make excuses. It's part of FCS football. But like Choate said, you know, you're sitting there freaking out because you can't watch the game on your streaming device. Choate said that the the broadcast was such a disaster that a, a main portion of when you have games on TV is the communication between the production truck and the officials to tell the coach when the TV timeouts are coming. He said they didn't know when the TV timeout was coming for the duration of the game. So he doesn't know what the ebbs and the flows of the game were. Mm. I also thought, you know, he said this in the press conference today, and we'll play some of that sound for you later on this week, but he said, you know, you can gripe about penalties. We have to get some of the penalties cleaned up. He said, it's unacceptable to me to have pre-snap penalties, illegal formation, false start. That's unacceptable, and I will never accept it. He said, I am never going to get on my guys for penalties that involve aggressiveness. He said, if it's a dumb late hit out of bounds, I'm going to be mad at you. But if you're just running through the ball and you get flagged because you're a second late, I'm not going to tell you to hold up because it's better than the alternative. If you're getting a holding call because you're just trying to battle and you're trying to protect the quarterback's blindside or whatever it might be, I'm not going to get mad at you. I want you to be aggressive. And there was also some insinuation there, too. Montana State has never had multiple – they've never had double-digit penalties – on, on the road under Jeff Show, not one time, in a 38-game sample size, and they had 12. I thought some of the qu- calls were pretty questionable on both sides. There was a t- I mean, there was, what was their total in this game? I think 22, maybe 24 penalties. Okay. It was a disgusting game. They were calling they were calling ticky-tack PI on both sides. They were talking, calling ticky-tack holds on both sides. They called a personal foul on what was just a great hit on a kickoff. So I, I, it, was, it was an ugly game. I think a lot of pundits would say, how does Montana State move up two spots to number eight in the country when they looked honestly bad with the exception of Tristan Bailey and Logan Jones really carrying the day? But they went on the road and got a Missouri Valley Conference win, and they are one of the only teams in the top ten that have two FCS wins against quote-unquote quality opponents, power three-league opponents. So yeah. they they deserve some of the, some of the, uh, the accolades that they've been getting. And another, uh, you know, what it's worth, another coin in the piggy bank and the you know, Big Sky Missouri Valley Challenge. Uh, T-Tail Nuwanis, 1290 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana, is the Montana football hour brought to us by Lithia Ford. One big question, Coulter, from each side, uh, for the Cats just quickly, at what point are the self-fulfilling prophecies a bad idea? We heard Jeff Choate talk about it. He talks about everything all the time and basically says he just casts his vision out there both broadly and specifically all the time. And a lot of times... It has come to pass, so give him credit for the clairvoyance, I guess. But also, seemed like he heaped, to me, a lot of pressure on his team going into this game that maybe didn't have to be there. I don't know how much of a contributing factor it is. Maybe he avoided an upset because he was so forward with how big a, quote, trap game this was. Who can know what the alternatives might have been? But is there a point at which you go, hey, man, just like, I don't know, maybe don't say everything. I mean, that's my question is that, when you identify this game as a trap game, 18... I mean, he said he identified this in last spring. When they first signed home and home, that's going to be a trap game. 
it's just a tenuous situation to put yourself in. If you turn out being right, you're completely vindicated. Mm-hmm. If all of this stuff that Jeff Choate has been talking about for four years comes to fruition, you are vindicated, and you 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 are king in in Bozeman. If if you if it all comes to fruition, Montana State goes out and gets a playoff seed this year, they contend for or win the Big Sky title, and you you prophesize the whole thing. That's pretty darn good. But if you don't, if any time it falters, you get egg on your face, and then that that's where it's sort of a weird look. You know, I, I, I it's kind of double-edged sword, right? Because on one hand, you put your team on high alert. Hey, this is going to be difficult. It's going to be messy. We're going to have to figure out how to claw our way to a win. They did. They won. On the other hand, you put that in your kids' heads, and so maybe that affects performance. I don't really know. I, there's no way to really d- discern between which one is more uh, accurate, but... I think there's a little bit of both involved. I, I, I would just say this. On this game, I thought this was unique. I thought this was an a, a, an aberration to a certain extent because I haven't heard Jeff Cho do what he did for this game for other games. He was very, very specific about this game and uh, at a lot of different levels, and, and I had not heard it like that from him before about individual games, always casting his vision, but not quite as uh, direct as he was about this football game. And... Was it the right or wrong thing to do? Well, they won the game, so you can't argue. Can't argue. That's it. Uh, for the Grizz, Coulter. One more thing just on the to close out the cat conversation. It is easy to forget guys that are missing. And injuries are a part of football, so you never can lean them on it as an excuse. But Montana State's defense has been excellent. Giving up 45 to Texas Tech, I know they gave up almost 700 yards. A little bit of an anomaly of a matchup. But they still they didn't look completely overwhelmed in that game, and then they've looked flat dominant the last two weeks. And that's without... Munchie Filer, who's their number one corner, without Ty Okada, who is their number one nickel. Troy Anderson is certainly banged up. So you do have some guys missing. Uh, but I think the defense has been as advertised. To me, the Montana State's going to be hard for the average fan to consume always until they get a traditional quarterback. Because when Casey Bauman just drops back and he's throwing a, a three-yard crossing pattern and he throws the sucker straight into the dirt, it just looks so bad. Yeah. And so until they figure that part out, it's just not going to be appealing to watch. But I think that that's one thing you can criticize Jeff Choate for that, rightfully so. You can criticize the coaching staff for not being able to get that guy yet. Maybe Bowman becomes it, maybe doesn't, not sure. But on the other hand, I think you have to also give them credit for truly not caring. They care about developing a quarterback, make no mistake. But Jeff Choate is satisfied to go and win 23-14 as long as it's a win. Stu Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We're going to uh, take a quick break, come back, and get to some more sound from Bobby Houck and from Jeff Choate as well. Talk about these games, get to one big thing for the Grizzlies as well. It is the Montana Football Hour, and it is presented to us by Lithia Ford of Missoula. The Montana Football Hour from Lithia Ford. You go down over there to Lithia Ford right now on Brooks, okay? Across from the Super Walmart on Brooks, and right now, 0% for 72 months on the 2019 Ford F-150. The Ford F-150 makes tough tasks look easy, whether it's working on the job or heading out on a weekend of recreation. Also available is the all-new 2019 Ford Ranger at 1.9% for 60 months. 
The all-new Ranger tested under more extreme conditions than you will likely ever encounter. Set a date for your next adventure. Your Ranger is ready to get you there. With the Afford, across from the Super Walmart on Brooks, they have a huge inventory of new and used cars and trucks. Visit LithiaFordMissoula.com. That's LithiaFordMissoula.com for more information. Search new and used inventory, financing financing specials, and get yourself in a Lithia Ford today. Lithia Ford is an official sponsor of the Montana Grizzlies and to tell Nuanas' Montana Football Hour. That's right, LithiaFordMissoula.com. Coulter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls, I love Rainbows, and I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely this the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of montana it's pretty likely you already know blackfoot as a local partner for internet voice professional services anything you need to fuel your growing business but like you said they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across montana and right now they're expanding expanding their fiber network into bozeman san ignatius and other regions find out more about what blackfoot does give them a call 866-541-5000 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. To tell in Nuanes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. What do you take out of a game that you lose by 32? That's the question. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Broadcasting live across the state on SWX Montana Television. It is the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford. And Coulter, we're going to get right to it here with Bobby Houck going back to this Grizz game. And the big swing at the end of that first half where Bobby Houck Elected to try a long field goal. Didn't quite go. So good kick. Didn't happen. Gave Oregon a short field. Oregon went down, scored a touchdown, 10 seconds to go. And in a game that was only a 14-point game, but, you know, never really in doubt, that was certainly a, a, a tough pill to swallow going into the half. Here's what he said about that decision and that swing at the end of the half. We needed to get to the thirty. Uh, really to kick that, that was the plan after the pregame warm-up, and it was on the 37, and that's bad by me not uh, going for it, uh, um, fourth down there. And then them, uh, you know, we had, them down, we had them in our grasp for a 12-yard loss um, with 10 seconds left, and, and then we lose our guy in man coverage. And, you know, instead of being 14 nothing half, it's 21 nothing. We're up against it a little bit more. I, you know, I would have felt better about things had we been down uh, – down to 14 and then you know we didn't in in retrospect now we didn't finish drives so maybe it wouldn't matter but maybe it would have things tighten up when it's really close and that's the thing that that he's absolutely right on all of a sudden you know Oregon if they go in at 14 nothing or even hey maybe it goes in 14-3 whatever uh you sit there and you say "Mm, maybe it's 
start to get a little bit of nerves time going. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got to. I mean, they never did get into the end zone, so that game was not going anywhere uh, quickly for for the Grizzlies. Justin Herbert, five touchdowns in this football game. Nonchalantly was in control, in control the whole time. Here's what Bobby Howe had to say about the outstanding Oregon quarterback. Oh, he's a great. He's he's you know he's a great kid. First of all, I mean he's just awesome. Um, he's got to have something good about him. His dad went to Montana for a couple of years. So Mark was at Montana when we were there. I think he was a sophomore, not a freshman. But uh, uh, he's a good player. I'm, I mean, I'm. I you guys know I talked about him all week. I had high regard for him before the game, and uh, I just think he's a smooth operator. Okay, so there you go. So then the question is, what do you take out of a game that you lose 35-3? to Well, we need to get better. We lost. You know, we came here to win. We didn't do it. That would be the answer. We need to get better. We lost. We came here to win. We didn't do it. I mean, that is, if you want, if you want to highlight for two guys who I think there's actually a lot of similarities to, the biggest difference between Bobby Houck and Jeff Choate, Jeff Choate gives you 30 minutes to say everything, Bobby Huck says everything in less than four seconds. Well, we need to get better. We lost. You know, we came here to win. We didn't do it. End of story. No, no cliff notes needed. You can memorize it. You can take it to the bank. Didn't win the football game. Look, I thought, I thought it was a fine football game. I thought Montana looked okay. In fact, defensively, I thought they looked pretty good. I completely understand what you're saying about the University of Oregon and their level of interest or not in in you know really being gung ho for the football game, but nonetheless, it, it, I mean it's a bunch of NFL guys on that football team. It's a top fifteen team in the country, maybe even better than that when it's all said and done. And you go in there and a team that just beat Nevada seventy seven to six scored thirty five points, and you know you for the most part made it respectable. I thought I I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay for the University of Montana, and again. That's one. You chalk it up. You say, hey, did it. At times, you know, had some moments. Let's go play Monmouth. First on the Justin Herbert note, the only two guys I've ever seen live and in person that throw the ball with more velocity, that spin it better, that have a better arm talent than Justin Herbert are Andrew Luck when he was at Stanford and Carson Wentz when he was at North Coast State. Those are the only two guys that have rifles like like Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert made a couple next level throws, and he didn't really even have to. There's only one play where you're like, wow, that's where Oregon is just so much better. That was on the last touchdown pass of the first half. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I thought Oregon just looked like they were kind of in cruise control. I thought, by and large, Bobby Houck outcoached Mario Cristobal. I thought Oregon's Oregon's offense was largely confused by Montana's defense for a a good portion, and they made it work for everything. That said, in a game like this, what I want to see from underdog is seize the momentum for a minute. Just just a minute. Mm-hmm. Montana lost 63-7 to to Washington a couple years back. But when Josh Sandry got a pick six, it was 7-7. And so for the next five minutes of the game, he said, well, what if? What if Montana was just to get a stop here and, and get the ball back? What if? There was zero what ifs in this game. Yeah. Oregon marched down the field, scored, and that was it. Yeah. And then Montana, you could tell that Dalton C was going to be under duress all game with the amount of pass rush that Oregon was getting. I thought Montana's tackles got whipped. I thought they got annihilated. Honestly, I thought 47, the true freshman that Oregon's got, that kid's a stud. Remember that kid. Um, but, I mean, Colton Kynes got 
pulled for the first time in his career. Dylan Cook got put in at right tackle. Uh, I thought Montana's offensive line had a really hard time protecting the passer, and um, you know they mitigated it so well, mm-hmm. and so much of that was coaching. But there was never that moment where you're like, "Well, man, if Montana can do it here," I mean, it was kind of like, "Okay, Montana gets that first stop, and then they go three and out, and then Oregon scores." And so that's fourteen nothing. You're like, "Okay, well, how are they gonna bring this back?" And they never really. There was no never that moment where like. Ooh, there's some magic for the Grizz. It was it was kind of just like, okay, we're down two scores. Let's hang on for dear life. And then as soon as Oregon got the third score, now it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I, I did think they looked played great against the run. I thought the defensive line was a, a great bright spot. And I'm not trying to be a hater here because Montana does have a lot to be proud of. They were locked in the whole game on the sidelines and they played incredibly hard. That said, I just thought there was never that moment of, okay, if the Grizz do this here, they just really couldn't get get quite there. Uh, it is to tell Nuanas, one two nine ESPN Radio. So Monmouth up next for the Grizzlies Saturday, one o'clock PM kick at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Shift back to the Montana State game, Golter, and we talked about Logan Jones. Let's talk about Tristan Bailey, the Big Sky Special Teams Player of the Week. It was Jerry Lou McGee last week. It's Tristan Bailey this week. He goes three for three against Western Illinois. Had a long of forty-seven yards. He had a, uh, a field goal with 240 left in the game with, to make what was a one-score game a two-score game and really put Montana State for the first time in real control where they're like, okay, no matter, you know, not no matter what happens, but but they're feeling good about their situation when it came to the victory. So he was outstanding in this football game. Here's what Jeff Choate, Montana State had to, coach, had to say about Bailey's long of 47. We talked about it a little bit, you know, felt like uh, if, if the wind had been like it was in the first half, that probably would have been a punt situation and try to make them drive the field. Um, but obviously to go up two scores, you know, it's probably the, the risk was, was worth the reward. So we went ahead and rolled it. Rolled the dice, made it happen. And uh, Tristan Bailey has proven himself to be very capable and, and, uh, and he can bang it from a long ways if he needs, like, he, the, the leg is not in doubt with him, and, and uh, they needed him to come through on Saturday, and he certainly did. Seven for seven in his career against Western Illinois. That's pretty darn good. He was the National Special Teams Player of the Week last year after hitting mm-hmm. a 52-yarder at the halftime buzzer and then a 47-yarder in the fourth quarter, which proved to be the difference. And uh, this was not an easy place to kick because it was about 20-mile-per-hour wind, and they actually forfeited a field goal opportunity early. It's so football games are so long, and there's so many plays that happen in a game. And sometimes, you know, when you're recapping these things, you, you gloss over a lot of it. You're going to remember Logan Jones's 87 yard run, but oftentimes you forget the th- the things that a team could have done to put another team away. And Montana State, they had multiple. Ch- I mean, they had a kick return that was like a 75 yard kick return that would have put them in the red zone to begin the possession, holding. Damian Washington had the greatest play of his career. Damian Washington's a, a great zone corner. He has below average speed even for the FCS, but he's a four-year starter because he's so smart. He knows the ins and outs of the defense. He knows how to play positional football. He angles and all those sorts of things. He's a master of it because he's such mm-hmm. a smart kid. Damian Washington would be the first one to tell you. I'm, I'm no burner. Damian Washington had the greatest play of his Montana State career when he picked off a pass and, I mean, he looked like Jerry Louis McGee, back and forth, winding Spinning all the way around. around. <laughs> I mean, he must have ran 160 yards, and it was a 90-yard return holding. Mm. It just kills you. You get the, you get either of those scores, let alone both, and you, then you win that game 37-14. It's the exact right. same as the week before. Right. And that's what Jeff Joe was saying. You know, Like he said, he's not going to freak out on the guys for aggressiveness penalties. 
especially like a hold. Like when you're trying to block for your guy on a on an interception return, okay, you get what you you're gonna get what you can get. But it's also human nature for when that flag flies after you just had a momentum-changing play for that to be deflating. I think that's where Montana State, they had a hard time harnessing the momentum in this right. game. Uh, let's hear from uh, the man himself, Tristan Bailey, on his 47-yard field goal. Yeah, you know, I just knew that if I made the field goal, you know, we were up two scores. I knew I had a responsibility to do, and it was in just a stiff win, but I had to do it, and I was ready to take the opportunity to make the field goal, and I couldn't do it without my offensive line and the, and the snapper and the holder, which is everything comes down to I can't do it without them, so I'm really grateful for them. Yeah, but it got up there and made it happen, and uh, Montana State now is 2-1. and one. They are number 8 in the nation, according to the Stats FCS poll, and they return home to Bozeman, strike the stadium game uh, for the Bobcats. So take a note of your section, uh, Montana State fans, as they host Norfolk State next weekend, next Saturday. That also will 1 o'clock kickoff uh, in Bozeman. Coulter? Quickly at the uh, Stats FCS polls in total, UC Davis, they beat Lehigh 41-13. They are still at number four in the nation. Weber State lost to Nevada, but in a, in a close game, Nevada, man, if they lose to an FCS team after that thumping at Oregon, it might be curtains for the Wolfpack. 19-13, though, uh, the final score of that football game, Weber State, they remain at sixth, uh, and they uh, uh, you know played a very good game against uh, Nevada, all things considered. They should have won the game, man. They They... So many missed opportunities. They had another kick return for a touchdown call back. That's the second in three weeks against the FBS team. First of all, Jay Hill knows how to scheme it up. Second of all, I mean, the only guy in the country that's better than Jerry Lee McGee at this stuff is Rashid Shaheed. He's ridiculous. Rashid everybody Shaheed. everybody knows it. I mean, he's yeah. housed, I think, five kicks already. Don't give him the foot. They don't don't kick it don't. to him. He's, he's insane. Um, but Weaver should have won that game. Mm. Uh, Montana State, of course, with the win, goes up to eight. Eastern Washington, this is the most notable result, losing to Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State, also a very good team. This yep. game was at Jacksonville State. Yep. Uh, 40, uh, uh, 49-45. 49-45, so a high-scoring, Eastern blew a 28-7 lead in that game. They were up 28-7 at the end of the first quarter. You know, it's uh, very nearly a Green Bay Packers situation, except for the Packers holding on. Uh, but uh, anyway, Eastern falls out of the top 10. They go to 11. Jacksonville State moves up to 10. But again, two national powers, the home team, you know, figuring out a way to come back and get that thing done. Uh, and uh, so EWU now down to 11 in Montana, moving up one spot, even with the loss to Oregon, to 19th in the nation. So uh, that is the big sky outlook, at least for the uh, stats FCS top 25. Other uh, notable games, Towson took down Maine, so Towson's up to number five in this week's poll. That's the highest they've been ranked since they went to the national championship game 2013. The Citadel, after losing to two ranked FCS teams, goes on the road and beats Georgia Tech. So that's a FBS victory for the Citadel. So the Citadel gets into the top 25, uh, and, and there was some other movement in the polls. As far as the way I voted this week, I had... UC Davis at three. I dropped Eastern Washington all the way down to twenty. I I think that I mean, Eastern Eastern's got to beat somebody for them to move back up in my poll. And I had Montana State at nine, so one spot below where the actual punt, where the full poll had them. And I had the Grizz up to thirteen. So I, I I think highly of the Big Sky team. And I had Weber State at six, uh, right where they were. So mm-hmm. uh, I, my my top three in the Big Sky were about the same as the rest of the nation voted. I had the Grizz a little higher. And I got Eastern way lower. Yeah. Uh, okay. That is the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford. The first hour of every show every week dedicated to football across the state of Montana. And uh, once again, we've done it. And we will continue to talk Montana, Montana State football and football across the state of Montana. Of course, just so you know, it doesn't mean it's over. 
Uh, we will, however, out on the other side, get into the Seattle Seahawks. We are carrying Seattle football all week, or uh, excuse me, all season long, and uh, a big win for the Seahawks by two over uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, so we will get into that. Hey, at the Silver Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. Whether you're looking for an affordable family meal or a late-night game of poker, the Silver Slipper has what you're looking for right now. Silver Slipper is your football headquarters. They have a free shuttle, hear that, free, to every home Grizz game, 56 televisions to watch uh, while you're at the establishment, 56 of them, drink specials every day, a full liquor store, and Tarantino's Pizzeria, great food there. Plus, the friendliest staff in town, that's pretty good. I do want people to be nice to me. That's kind of a thing for me. Silver Slipper has all you need to watch your favorite games. The Silver Slipper Shuttle will also get you home safely for free. They'll take you home. So hang out, watch some football, take the shuttle home. The shuttle runs till 2 every single day. Visit thesilverslipperlounge.com for more info. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 